Welcome back, listener, to the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast. Kyle? Hi, Joel. Hi, Kyle. How are I you? I always let you do the intros That's now. That's because, let's face it, I've got the best radio voice out of the two of us. I wonder if the listeners can literally feel your finger on the button. The listener? Sorry, the listener. Hi, yeah. hi. Do you not remember that we... How have you been this week? We only talk singularly to the listener now. That's right. Um, we hope you enjoyed Joel's... Uh, a message from inside the edit studio. I didn't even know about that, and hearing about it afterwards, what a treat. Well, you know, when the audio is corrupted, the audio is corrupted, much like a government. Speaking of corruptible... Yes? We have a guest. <laughs> Segway! We do have a guest. He's sitting politely between us like the guests always are at the start of the podcast, looking at us like we're mental. It's Devin Moda! Hello, Devin! Hola! <laughs> He's not Spanish. But he is excited. <laughs> that was holla, not holla. It's the same. No, it's not. Isn't holla like more... Oh, do you mean like holla at me? Yeah. Like, like... Spice Girls. Wanna make you holla. <laughs> clicking is... <laughs> clicking is very welcome on the radio. Um, <laughs> Devon, how the devil are you? How the Devon are you? I am really well. I've got a massive grin on my face and sat between you two boys. I... <laughs> I do wonder, listener, if you can tell from just from the voice of Devon that one, he is an actor, and two, he's a very generous person. He brought in a cake for us to share today, and it is delicious. And I was offered a cup of tea, which I really appreciated. And what what do you have with a cup of tea? Cake. There we go. Unless you're vegan. Yeah, unless you're sorry, Charles. It's all right, unless you're a supporter of Forest Green Rovers FC, in which case you would uh, have a vegan cake, a bake. Good. So, Dev, welcome to the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, we we normally kick off, uh, well, clearly what we normally do is kick off by talking nonsense, but people seem to like it. Uh, so, what we normally do is ask a couple of questions. First of all, Dev, what's a worldy? Okay, um, I was thinking somebody who's just like, worldly. Go on. Somebody who's very knowledgeable about what's going on in the world. Okay, so in that sort of thinking then, uh, in a football podcast, the world you be someone that knows a lot about football. International football. Okay, that's fair. We, we, we know a bit. <laughs> I, I, I doubt that not, actually. So what? You, <laughs> so what are you saying? The Absolute Worldly Football Podcast is know. about... Intelligent people who know a lot about international football on the pod. I think you'll find it's just a mispronunciation of the world of the word worldly. Oh, I see. We tried, we tried to trademark the name the Absolute Worldly Football Podcast and uh, just wrote worldly by mistake. We didn't, Dev. <laughs> <laughs> what do you? What I'm confused? Have you ever there. heard anyone else use the term worldy? I'm sure I've heard people say worldy before. I'm sure I have. Right. Um, I can't remember. I mean, you're looking at me as if I should know exactly just, when just, that was said. Just but, any context. But really. I don't. I mean, I can't remember. But I'm sure I've heard it bandied about. Well, that's okay. Now you can use it in the in the sort of context of our podcast, and we use it to mean a um, a sort of special moment in football, particularly because it's a football podcast. Mm-hmm. But like a, a a moment of like supreme talent or ability, a moment that makes you go, oh my God, did you see that absolute worldie? A goal, a save, a tackle, even a celebration. Yeah, you can have a worldie of a celebration. You can pretty much have a worldie of anything as long as it's good. It's like the best. Okay, well, I'll take that away. And I will <laughs> unpack that. And I'll unpack that. And any time I watch anything related to football and I think that's worldy, I'll send you a text. It's, it's more like that's a worldy. You wouldn't say that's worldy. 
I think you should reconsider that. Okay, so that's worldy. <laughs> okay. That's, that's worldy. But it's not just football. You can take that into your profession. You can say, did you see uh, Olivia Colman's performance in The Crown? That was an absolute worldy. Although I've heard through the reviews that it's not. Really? No. Yeah. Olivia Colman. I've heard that she uh, she fails to sparkle, but uh, Tobias Menzies is a standout talent. Oh, don't. No, she will sparkle. It's Olivia. You've just got to... Be- you've just got to... I feel like we've already got to the point with Olivia Colman that she's become such a national treasure that we're already protecting her. She can look after herself. If she does a bad job on something, that's absolutely she, that fine. The last time I'm going to protect her. I'm going to stand there. I'll be her physical bodyguard, mate. I'm like... <laughs> I just, you know, you've got to watch it first before we cast artists decision about her performance fair enough and i'm looking forward to it I but Debs, do you know what this is a good segue actually because olivia is it, coleman is it better than your previous one no it's the same <laughs> olivia coleman started off in adverts no way uh there was a famous advert where her and her husband it's a car insurance advert for yellow pages her and her husband pull up at traffic lights next to another car with a poorer version of her and her husband in it and they're called bev and kev uh i think i've seen this advert. and they and they go bev bev and they and they talk to each other and it and it's brilliant. Um, and that was Olivia. And that was Olivia. But Devon, you've also been cracking on with adverts. Tell us about some of them. <laughs> what? What mentalness? You know what? That is. I mean, props to you. I mean, holla props. <laughs> Don't even sound like myself on this. Um, yeah. No, I have done the odd commercial. Um, Highlight one. I did. Highlights. I did a direct line ad that's I think out. In the field at the moment. <laughs> it's, you're um, in the field with Harvey Keitel. No, it was it's with Harvey Keitel. It's direct line insurance. Again. Other insurance providers are available. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, I got to meet him in Dublin. That so this is the the adverts where he plays the character he played in Pulp Fiction, but in a series of adverts. Yeah, that's the idea behind them. Why? Um. You know, I just think, <laughs> I just think it's just a really recognisable character. He comes and he fixes things, and he's just really famous, isn't he? And it's just like the face of a. Was he the most famous really person cool. you worked with ever? Actually, this is relevant to this podcast. No, I mean, everything football related. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Football. <laughs> I did. A, I did um, a little promo with Gary Lineker. Go on. <laughs> Tell us year. about it. Just stop. It was... You can't just stop talking. <laughs> And that's wanted, the end of this I just wanted that to land. You've got to give, you know, people time. So, <laughs> got to hang give on, you time. On. Is it a Walker's Crisp advert? No, so it, there was just a run-up to Match of the Day. It was mm-hmm. all starting up again in August last year. And it was the promo for Match of the Day starting up again. What did you do? So I had to find Gary Lineker in a stationery cupboard. <laughs> and he handed me a highlighter. <laughs> and I... <laughs> but, there's got to be more to the plot than that. And then I had to close the door on him, like, oh, that's weird. Oh, it's like reminding you that Match of the Day is coming back. <laughs> and it's coming back. And I think one of the one of the lines in it, somebody in the BBC, you know, office was like, oh, these guys, they're always about and that's really fun. And, and like, Gary Lineker creates loads of space, usually creates loads of space on the pitch. And then he's like, in this really tight, confined space. What are you talking about? This <laughs> is the promo. It doesn't make any this is the director link. trying to explain to a non-football fan, Devon. So, Devon, I, I brought real creativity to this advert. <laughs> what I'm doing here is I'm playing on the concept of space. Now, Gary Lineker was a famous footballer who created space on the pitch. He didn't! So I'm ref- 
I know. We're going to flip reverse that and put him in a confined space, and you're just going to find him. I've, this has blown my. Did okay. you tell him you were from Leicester? No, well, oh, the thing is, bonded is so much. he was doing some filming that day, and he literally came in on his break and like literally and then, sat in a cupboard. Sat in a cupboard. Oh my god! He actually he started off under the table. <laughs> Like, that's what they wanted to do. I was, like, meant to be an admin guy, and he was under the table, but that wasn't really working. It's so a bit like, dodgy. He can be doing anything under there. I mean, so I think they decided... Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. And um, and then... But they put him in the cupboard in the end. And he was so willing. Can I ask, is he a good actor? Like, he seems to really enjoy it. He was a good... He was a laugh. Like, he, he just totally threw himself into it, handed me that highlighter, and allowed me to then close the door on him. And pull a face at him, and then like, oh. went, and then I met Alan Shearer that day because Alan what? Shearer was in it, and I met Ian Wright as well. Talk to us about them. So no, again, once again, just, just <laughs> once again, brilliant radio etiquette. You could tell you're a professional. Start the anecdote. Put a full stop in. Wait for another question. Just you guys. I'm waiting for you guys to come to me. So uh, can I just say, to, <laughs> listener, listener, we do know Devon. That might be clear, but we didn't give him any briefing on this episode, and therefore we didn't ask him any questions about what he knew about football because we thought we'd find out in the show. We I didn't know, know that he'd met Alan Shearer, Ian Wright, and Gary Lineker in one day. I've met none of them. I met none of them. It was yeah, a really surreal day. Shearer, nice bloke. All of them were really nice. Ian Wright was just having his, um, he was in makeup or whatever. So he had a little bit of a, you know, whatever that they do. Um, Gary Lineker walked in and they were like, Gary, we're going to take you into makeup. And he was like, no, don't want any makeup. And I was like, good for you. Like, <laughs> if only I could say that. You know what I mean? He was like, look, I have confidence, you know, in my skin. And how I'm going to look. I don't need that. I respect him for that. <laughs> and I, I was like, great. I mean, he was just like, I've got to get back to the studio. You know, we haven't got time. Because I actually assumed that he wears makeup all the time on Match of the Day. Maybe he doesn't. Or well, maybe he'd already had it done for the morning, the filming. Okay, my final question about this, Devon. Could you tell how rich they were? You know what? No. I mean, I'll, I presume they're very, oh, very yeah. wealthy Multi-millionaires. people. Multi-millionaires. Gary Lineker's the um, highest, second highest? Highest or second highest down After Graham Norton? Or just... I think he's above Graham wow. Norton now. Graham Norton's gone down a few. Whoa. Yeah. Um, no, they, they came across as very down-to-earth people. Did they give you any money? <laughs> <laughs> I'd ask. <laughs> I actually often have no. thoughts about when I... I often... I had a really extended fantasy... When Zlatan Ibrahimovic moved to play for Manchester United, that for some capacity, I bumped into him at an airport and I was just like, Zlatan, I know you're here for a year. I will be your PA, your driver, and I'll do it for 60 grand a year. I I planned out the whole thing, how much money I would save. It never happened. That boggles the mind. Yeah, but also you were offering a service. I mean, there's no reason. I mean, I, I mean, there's no job. reason for it's them to give me money. <laughs> you're a tip and actor. Well, you go... <laughs> Imagine if you did a play and at the end the audience came to the... Like they do in like strip sh- strip shows or drag yeah. shows. Oh, I'd love that. Like here's your 12.5%. Also, I, I, in, my <laughs> job as, in my job as actor, I have been tipped. Well, congratulations to you. Um, but What? Also, they might, have, they might have a fetish. Gary Lineker might have a fetish where he'd like, he likes being giving money to give pens to people. Okay, you've taken this into an interesting place. I think we should back away from Gary Lineker has a fetish. Okay. Allegedly. <laughs> so let's... Uh, what, what I was going to ask you, Devon, is any footballing memories. I think we've hit that on the head. <laughs> so yeah, that was my latest, I guess. Yeah, latest footballing uh, memory. Do you have an earlier one? What uh, earliest? And you know what? I'll give you my earliest one. My first one was when I was probably about 11. My brother, who's 15 years my senior, took me to a Leicester City game. 
Filbert Street or the Walker Street? Street. The Ridge. The Ridge. And I've never been to a Leicester game since, but basically... (laughs) Left its mark on you. (laughs) It really did, because I don't know whether it's still the case now, but he got us tickets behind the goal. Yeah. And it was really, like... Aggressive. Rough. And I was only 11 years old. And, you know, I was just kind of like little, you know, suburban little boy and still very polite. How did you find it? Just utterly terrifying, but also, like, really exhilarating. I mean, it was exhilarating. Oh, yeah. Um, But I was just like, wow. And then my brother was like, you know, maybe next time we'll, like, take you to... The family stand. The family side. <laughs> Away from all the F's and Jeff's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was my, my first experience. Do you remember who you played? I say you, assuming you support Leicester City, but... Uh, who played? Oh, I, who was... Leicester were playing. I realised oh. when I said you, you looked at me like, I wasn't playing. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just explained yeah. I was behind I, the goal. <laughs> I've just been very clear <laughs> no, I, what I found exhilarating. I wasn't, I wasn't playing anyone. How no. I don't know. <laughs> I... Um... <laughs> I was 11 years old. No, I was... You were playing a fan. I was playing a fan. That was my first... My first role. And did your brother tip? <laughs> my brother tipped me by 12.5%. It was my best performance and my worst. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway... So anyway, that's that. Um, okay, I don't remember who was playing. Maybe right. if you asked my brother. Do you remember brother. who won? Um... No, no but really... I do. I you know Leicester did has done amazingly in the last few years, haven't they? Just That's the ones. The only other thing that I know is now that Leicester being did from well. Leicester, we have to ask about it just because you're on, <clears throat> and I know you don't know anything or really engage with football. But when Leicester won the league, yeah, was there a, a Leicester pride sense? Did it did it fill you with a bit of a oh oh yeah totally? So basically, I as we've said, I'm not very knowledgeable, but. When Leicester started their ascent, I mean, it just captured, it just captured the nation, didn't it? Mm. And I was like, yeah, Leicester. I was a bit of a fair weather fan in that sense, but absolutely, you know, yeah, you went to one game fifteen years ago. <laughs> That's the definition of a fair weather fan. But what is it about being? What what did it rekindle in you about being from Leicester? Did did it make you proud to be from the town? What what did you feel? Yeah, I did, I did. And I remember my my family were texting me and calling me and they were like you need to watch this game and I was like yeah yeah I'm gonna get now TV or whatever <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Sky Sports Sky Sports but you can watch it on now TV you can if you want to watch a singular game I, I had know, to take out a subscription it's just, it's just now the absolute TV. sneer of his family being like this is the biggest thing that's happened to you our town since Richard this. II well you know found since the National Space Centre for goodness sake Richard III you could have just gone to the pub no, no, I, I just, I just had to watch it from the. Comfort did you watch of my... it? No, I did. I watched oh, you actually it. Watched? I, watched I just it. thought you were sneering. I, I, so, look, I bought a Now TV subscription. Uh, <laughs> uh, which game? Again, you know, it's just all, a deciding these are, one. These are all, just blurs. These are all a... deets, aren't they? But I just think. <laughs> but I did enjoy it, and then I remember I got texts from my family saying, "Oh my goodness!" Like everyone outside's on the road, and they're like oh. beeping, and that you know, the whole city were just like really chuffed so who do you guys support oh, well we didn't used to talk about that on the podcast oh okay but then, no 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 okay. we broke that rule in the uh, last season uh in the last season of this podcast not the last season of football uh i support tottenham hotspur right uh, north london team and kyle i'm not really sure if i'm ready to admit i'm i'm, I'm still i'm sort of battling my demons on that one i'm gonna withhold wow <laughs> Well, I mean, I live in Tottenham, so we'll just move the conversation to that. Okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> uh, what's it like on a match day when 60,000... Oh, my goodness, yeah. Is it hectic? No, you know, it's really good management by security there. 
They don't listen, Dev. You can no, say the truth. I, no, I, I actually have never had any issues getting into Tottenham. I used to, used to live in Wembley, another place where there's <laughs> a big stadium, you know. And I just... You just basically... What it I sounds like with football issues. is that you just don't engage. You know... You've got a button in your brain that you just press and football goes away. Well, I, I've got news for you. Look, you've I'm got, here, we've got, I was going to say, we've got at least another 40 minutes. Don't leave, Dev. I can't enough. I am ready to engage, like, 100%. That's right. I don't know nothing about football, but I love my friends, so I'll watch it for them. And we're back in uh, the sting there. We let Dev choose the sting. So that was Dev's choice of sting. I don't think everyone knows what a sting is. A sting is a bit of musical interlude or advert, fingers crossed one day, that you put in between (laughs) segments to give your audience an oral break. Ah. Sorry, oral. Oral break. Yes. And us an oral break. Everyone gets a break. A break. And Dev chose the bit where it says... And boy, that was a good break. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back (laughs) with this this week's classic worldie. This is a classic worldie, Dev. What we do is we split the the podcast into segments. So first one, casual intro. We've done that. Smashed it. Smashed it. Then we have classic worldie, where we talk about something from the annals of football history. Currently smashing it. Tick. And then we go on to this week's worldie, I'll a current topic. I'll probably not smash that one because I've not prepared. And then we sum up. Keep it spontaneous. Oh, we're also going to do a football <laughs> bulletin, which you're going to read. Yes. Yes, That's, That's, That's the, the attitude. <laughs> okay, this week's... No, sorry. This week's classic worldie. Yeah. The classic worldie. <laughs> what happened? Just exactly what happened on sep- on Saturday, Saturday, 17th of October, 2009. Uh, so, how old was I at the time? 2009, I would have been 20... Or October 2009, I would have been 23. Wow. I know, it's a decade ago. Um, I probably... Well, I probably ate a pizza in bed. It was a Saturday at uni. Devin, is it ringing any bells for you that day? Because I've got a few options. Trent Reznor got married that day. Do we know who Trent Reznor is? Not a clue. No, I don't. Uh, he's a, a musician. He was in Nine Inch Nails, and now he's more known for doing Oscar-winning soundtracks like The Social Network and Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Doing well. Going strong. Why Clef Jean celebrated his 40th birthday. Why Clef Jean is 50? Yep, just turned 50. Holy hell, oh, yeah. He looks great. I, I reckon his 40th would have been amazing. I'm seeing wild animals. Just because she dances, go, go. That's all, that's all we can afford for that. Um, <laughs> also, Arthur Miller... Would have been celebrating his 94th birthday if he hadn't died five years previously. Arthur Miller and Wyclef Jean were born on the same day. Different artists, but they've both contributed. <laughs> but also... <laughs> contributed to the world. What, worldies? No, I've used that wrong, but... Worldlies. Worldlies. <laughs> I would say Arthur Miller is a worldy playwright. And Wyclef Jean is a worldy Haitian ambassador. Isn't he a president? Whoop. No, he went. He tried to run for president, but then it turned out there was a lot of corruption going on, and he had stolen some money or somebody, allegedly, 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 um, uh, and so he never ran for president. So instead he was gone till November. Perfect. Well Thank done. you. Um... Do you know what? None of those things are really um, really getting any sort of like juices flowing for me. They're not that interesting. This, however, is. This happened on Saturday, 17th of October, 2009. We watched an uh, archive video. Dev, what did you see in that video? Talk us through it. Okay. So, I mean, you guys gave me some homework for this. So, I, I looked at this video 
And there was a game with Sunderland and somebody else. I can't remember the name of the team. Liverpool. Liverpool. Big teams. And... (laughs) And the ball was hit towards the goal and it struck a red beach ball and was diverted into into the goal. And it was a goal. And that was exactly, two weeks ago... 10 years ago. Doesn't time fly? Joel, do you remember that incident? Yes. Devon, do you remember that incident happening? <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Didn't touch your consciousness. <laughs> it was a big moment in Premier League history. A red Liverpool beach ball. It had the Liverpool insignia on it. It was passed around before kickoff by fans just enjoying their day out in Sunderland. It was a long journey up to Sunderland. The Stadium mm-hmm. of Light. Instead, it was a stadium of fright. <laughs> For Liverpool fans, five minutes into the game, the, this lovely beach ball being tossed around. You can imagine them cheering hey, as they knocked it. Hey, and then one tripper lad knocked it, not to another fan, but onto the pitch, into the penalty area. At the same time, Sunderland were on an attack. Marcus Bent, Darren Bent. <laughs> Marcus's younger brother, Darren. Yes. Darren Bent shot, as you said, Dev, Deflected off the ball into the goal, but not only that, the goalkeeper for Liverpool, Pepe Reina, Spanish. Pepe? Hola. <laughs> Sorry, he was saying hola to the wrong ball. His instinct took him to save the, the beach, beach ball. ball. Did he save the beach ball? No, because it was moving so slowly, it didn't get towards him, but his gut took him on the trajectory of that ball. I mean, it must have been really confusing in the moment, I'm sure. Oh, to this day, Pepe Reina hasn't forgiven the Liverpool fans. He tweeted uh, last year, so nine years after, because it must have come up on his Twitter. He tweeted saying, how did this ever happen? Who had that ball? What Liverpool fan would bring it into the stadium? He's still seething about how embarrassing that was for him. I Right, okay, here we go. Lots to unpack. <clears throat> Dev, so much. let's start with this. How does that count? Okay, look, the way I was thinking about it was, let's just look at the inverse situation. <laughs> Let's please. Okay. So let's I cannot look at wait it to see what you say. So I literally, I can't breathe. Are they playing with the beach ball and a normal ball's kicked on? What's the inverse? No. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not the exact inverse, but let's say. Phew. Let's say that Mr. Bent, okay. Mr. Bent! Mark, Darren? Darren. Darren. <laughs> he receives the ball, he's a bit further up the pitch, and he's got this beach ball right behind him. If he then turns around, doesn't know the beach ball's there, and then trips over the ball. Yes. Right? He will have appealed for a free kick, wouldn't he? Or at least for like some for the referee to, to stop the game and say, well, he's tripped over that ball, he's not going to have lost the ball naturally, we'll take the beach ball off the field and we'll restart. And we'll restart. Now, this is a very key point. This is what we call in the game, in the laws of the game, I don't say I'm not, I'm not a listener, I'm not a referee, but in the referee's handbook... The textbook, if you will, uh, outside agent is the term for anything that enters the pitch that isn't a football. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But first of all, I want to talk about this boy, this 16-year-old boy who was oh the person God. to knock the ball onto the pitch personally. Now, what, what did you see about him on the video, at the end of the video? I mean, his face was anonymised. They showed him <laughs> on Match of the Day, an, an anonymised an version. Pixelated. Pixelated. I prefer anonymised. Blurred, if you will. Alan Shearer chuckled as he said, (laughs) 
We're, we're blowing out this boy's face so he doesn't get beaten up at school tomorrow. Yeah, but all of his friends next to him were, were hadn't been pixelated or anonymized. Exactly. There was no anonymization for them, Dev, but there was for this boy. His name is Callum Campbell. Wait, what are you doing? You're just, revealing... just taking away his anonym, I, anonymity. Th- this is all on the BBC Sport website. It's out there, guys. And he'll be it's like, there. he'll be over 18 now, so. What? Well, he, <laughs> it's 10 years ago. He was 16 at the time, Dev, so he's how old? 26 Perfect. now. Perfect. Um, so he he was actually he's a scouse born and bred. He he was he's from Liverpool. He he travelled up with his family or his friends to watch the game. Um, but something out of the ordinary had already happened to uh, Callum before he arrived at the stadium. He realised on the journey that he'd left his grandmother's rosary beads behind that he took to every game as wait, a sort of good luck charm. What this is the this wait sorry this is something that he is so after the game this is the question he's ask, answering questions. No, this is I think this is like recently he's been interviewed recently. So what what possessed you to knock the ball onto the pitch? Why wouldn't you just knock it back into the fans? Like what were you thinking at sixteen years old, Callum? And he's he's processed it processed it and he's thought it did the day went badly from the beginning. I forgot my, my grandmother's rosary, rosary beads. beads. I take them to yeah. every game. Bad omen. And then this happened during the game and knocked it onto the pitch. That happened five minutes in. My world fell apart. When like, The first thing the poor boy did when he got home, he went into his house, he went into the garden and just vomited everywhere. He just he was just like, he was just absolutely oh beside God. himself. And then the death threat started. Actual death threats? Yep. Oh, come on, football. But you know what? I'm not surprised. So this is a... Do- <laughs> what? No, tell us why. Because when I saw his face anonymized, let's just say that word again, I just feel like, yeah, you know, because, you know, like referees in the past for making decisions yeah. have been criticised or whatever. And a referee called Anders Frisk gave up the game because he got so many death threats after a game between Chelsea and Barcelona. I mean, it's high stakes. I just It just sounded like when you said I'm not surprised that you sort of sympathised with the death threats. <laughs> How do you feel about this? How do you feel? No, I don't sympathise with the death set threats. Let's just make that really clear. <laughs> okay, so this is a this is a direct quote from Campbell in the on the BBC where interview. How was I? I'm not going to do a Scouse accent. I'd love to, but Joel's told me that I can't do accents. I think you should give it a go. Okay, Dev, I will. <laughs> How was I to know what would happen? It was just a bit of fun. And if I could turn back the clock and do it differently, throw the ball into the crowd instead of onto the pitch, then I would. One fan told me to get my coffin ready. Another said he'd make me into a curry. <laughs> curry? I'm really, really sorry it happened like it did. I think you really smashed the word curry there. Thank you. Really good. It was good, yeah. Let's now have yeah. a little round rewind and see what you yeah. thought. <laughs> Don't you try, John. No, that's your accent. Just, no, I wasn't saying about accent. I wasn't saying anything in accent. I was just thinking, very specific death threats. I'm also going to say, not that threatening. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you're, it depends who's saying it to you. If you're 16 and you go to all the away games, you go to all the home games, and there's some horrible brutes around you, and one of them looks you dead in the eyes and says, I'm going to make you into a curry, I would be scared. <laughs> I don't think I, I would laugh. I think I'd just kind of mistake that, I think, for like, I'm going to make you a curry. You just, you would. That what? might just be somebody inviting you round for dinner. Are you talking about if they said it face to face or in a letter? Do you think it was a mistake? A typo. I don't think he said it to his face, Dev. I'm, I'm not, Guys, I just think we need to give these letters a little bit more. Um, <laughs> just don't need to put a bad spin on it, you know? It's just. Devon, if they're not being negative. What are you talking so about? The, you're, First you're, of all, you said you didn't sympathise with the death threats, and now you're defending them. I think I need to be allowed to process. 
basically what you're saying is how can we make sure a death threat is a death threat is it in the tone of how it's, the message is given is it in the threat of violence that only the person would have to know it's in the fact that Devin might assume it was written on paper and he just read it wrong mm. why would he be offering to make the boy a curry I don't think that okay. <laughs> you know what I'm going to hold my hands up and say I was wrong okay fine <laughs> Um, I think that's pretty clear. Now back to this outside agent business. Remember this, we talked about that. Anything that comes onto the field of, of play. Because just to interject, mm. I was thinking again, there must be something in the handbook about anything that comes... Yes, there it's is. It's not a football Outside uh, agent. You know. And the ref is supposed to stop the game the moment an outside agent comes onto the ball, uh, onto the pitch. That includes a second football. Sometimes an extra ball descends up on the pitch because the uh, ball boy's dropped it or it's someone's practising with it on the sidelines. It go, the game has to stop. Um, and the ref, whose name is Mike Jones, he didn't do that. He should. The moment the ball blew onto the pitch, he should have stopped the game. And it led to this massive circumstance where Sunderland won 1-0 at home to Liverpool. It's, it shouldn't have happened. And a 16-year-old boy is getting death threats. Exactly. Mike Jones was demoted. I mean, you don't care about that bit. You care more about the, the ball being on the... I mean, clearly, the death threats don't bother you. You just think he's being invited around for a curry and a coffin. I, you know, I just... I... Yeah. <laughs> he, his ne- so next weekend, he was dumped out of the Premier League, the ref. He had, to go and ma- he had to go and referee a game between Peterborough and Scunthorpe. Doesn't sound as glamorous as Sunderland Liverpool, does if it? If I was a Peterborough or a Scunthorpe fan, I'd have brought so many beach balls to that <laughs> game. <laughs> you know what? You can't make a mistake, can you, in this game? It's, it's brutal. I mean, you really can't. That's a bit, as you said, it's high stakes and that's a big consequence. I mean, okay, you know, we're all actors. Oh, that's really gross. But I just said that. But like, it would be the same as like an audience member, like throwing a ball onto the stage. What happens? You stop, you address the ball, you throw it off. You don't just like let it stay on there, do you? I think there are some problems with, with this analogy, frankly. Go on then. Well, <laughs> yeah. first of all... Unpack it, Joel. Unpack that one. Right, first of for all. For the lads. First of all... <laughs> <laughs> first of all, what play are you in where people are bringing beach balls? Well, no, this is hypothetical, isn't right, it? Right, so you're in a play, fine. Okay, well, we'll just skip over that point. People have brought beach ball to a, to the, to a show. Mm. Second of all, they've thrown it onto the stage. Onto the stage as right. a performance. Third of all... You're saying your instinct as a performer would be to stop the show no, you know, and address the ball. Not just stop, but I think an actor on stage would just be like, right, that's just happened. I'm going to move it because it's going to be yeah, distracting. But I, I wouldn't agree stop. with Why them. didn't any I of the defenders on that pitch go, we're going to get rid of that? That is a really good point. That's but, a good point. But the, the They're uh, footballers. There's another ball on Get the it pitch. off. This is football. And you can see uh, Glenn yeah. Johnson, who was, a, who was a right back for Liverpool on the day, he also is... So, I think it's because it happens so quickly and the, and the defence are already thinking Sunderland are on the attack. We have to stop this goal. And then suddenly, it's like it comes from outside the field of your vision, Dev. It's just blown in front of your foot. You haven't got time to think. No, I, I, you know, I, you know, what's happening in that moment, all the focus is going to be where the ball's coming from. But if there's a big red ball <laughs> on the pitch, I'm sorry, but, you know, let's just address that. I think the irony is what the, was that it was a Liverpool fan's yeah. ball and they ended up losing the goal. Yeah. It would a be a big Liverpool logo on the ball. Yeah, mm. it would be, it would be less, uh, I think it would be almost sort of, there, there's a poetic justice to it. It wouldn't have been there if it was a Sunderland beach ball. Exactly. Mm, exactly. Um, I'm going to just close on the ball now. Um, <laughs> it has its own place in history. We've been talking about that, how everyone who remembers, Darren Bent basically remembers that goal. Um, it's on display at the National Football Museum in Manchester. 
as part of the People's Collection. Yay! The Beach Ball! And what a place to put it, Manchester. Massive London yeah. rivals with Liverpool. <laughs> um, but I've got a quiz for us. Oh my God. It's about 2009. Or specifically, the 2009-2010 season. Now, I've realised that some of my quizzes are football-led too much. So what I've done here is I've done a question designed for both of you. Uh, whoever gets the most points in their own category wins. It's like Trivial Pursuit. Right, so or Dev's, mastermind. So Dev's, is that mastermind? So Dev's okay. just answering questions about being alive in two thousand and nine. Dev is answering we... particularly oh, pop Dev. culture questions from two thousand oh, no, really and nine. Dev doesn't pay attention to anything. Dev, really Dev, I think you're going to be fine. Let's start the quiz. Joel, your first question first. Football, okay? Darren Bent scored how many goals that season for Sunderland? Twenty-two. Twenty-four, incorrect. Oh. But I'll give you the point if you can tell me who was the top scorer at the end of the season, two thousand nine, ten. Two thousand and nine, ten. Thierry Henry. Didier Drogba, so no point for Joel. Okay. Pop culture round. Okay. Who was the Christmas number one in 2009? Oh no, I just, I'm awful at that. It's like an X Factor song, I think. Um, Girls Aloud. Okay. <laughs> Devon, you were damn right to think it was X Factor because every other year, apart from that year, surrounding it for six years was X Factor, but that was the year that... Killing in the Name of by Rage Against the Machine was released oh, as a an yes. antidote to X Factor. I remember number that. one. Yeah, it roll stopped back. You know, it stopped Joel McKeldry's The Climb. Football question. <laughs> we need a buzzer, Joel. Like a okay. what's a football noise? Why am I going to buzz in that these questions? No, not a buzzer, but like a, a like a so so like we just, just listeners know the football question's coming. So like right. a, we'll find something. Yeah, um, yeah, like that. I mean, let's not promise anything that I can't be asked to do. <laughs> okay, Ooh, football. Um, Sunderland finished thirteenth that year, and Liverpool finished seventh. But name me only one of the three teams that was relegated that year for the point. 2009-10. Newcastle. Incorrect. Burnley, Hull or Portsmouth would have got you the point. Oh. Pop culture round. Okay, who was the biggest celebrity death in 2009? It's a huge one. That's a clue. Michael Jackson. He's got the point! Yes! Whoa, football round. Yes. Uh, who was the manager of the year that year? Manager of the year, 2009-10, is of course... Jose Mourinho. It was Harry Redknapp. Oh, for blooming... What, who? Portsmouth? Spurs. Spurs, oh, wow. Okay, Dev, it's 1-0 to you. This could seal it. Oh, my God. Who won I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here in 2009? Um, um, somebody from a soap like Corrie or something. I need a name. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, like, fucking this out of the air here. Oh, when... Um, oh! Holly Willoughby. It was Gino oh, no, DeCampo. Holly Willoughby's a present. <laughs> Holly Willoughby. She presented for one year. Gino DeCampo. It was Gino DeCampo. Even I know who he so, is. So Dev, you still won the quiz, but this is a, a fastest a fastest finger first. Oh, okay, yeah. Buzzer. Fingers on buzzes. Name me a film that Harvey Keitel made in 2009. Buzz. Piano. No. Oh my God, there was a film. Buzz. <laughs> yeah. No, fuck, can I just talk about it? No, you can't buzz and oh, talk about no, it. Oh, no, I don't even know what the name of it was, but I feel it was like a film where he was in, a, like, a jacuzzi. Nope. With <laughs> Michael Caine. Nope, nope. What are you talking about? I would have accepted Inglorious Bastards, The Minister, or Wrong Turn at Tahoe. He was in Inglorious Bastards. He I was. I love that film. He was the voice of one of the agents. Well, there you and go. And that brings man. a close to my 2009 classic worldie. Everyone's talking Welcome back, listener. An extra slice of cake has been cut. Kyle and Dev are going to be claggy as anything. They're drinking tea, they're eating carrot cake, and I am sitting here wanting to talk this week about three little letters, Kyle. Three little beautiful letters when jumbled together. 
that make the most important thing in football at the moment. Dev, what would you think if I said this to you? V-A-R. Um, I thought you were about to say V-A-T, actually. Um, I... <laughs> I, uh, I must admit, I, I don't know. Um, Have a guess. Very artistic technique. Right, good. Oh, no, that is, that is it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Let me try that again. Very... Very able road trip. Very able road trip. Good. <laughs> uh, now, remembering that in some ways this podcast is loosely linked to football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to remember sometimes. <laughs> So, giving this another go, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, victory. Nice. Ah. Uh, yes. Is this, am I on the right line? Yep, so far, perfect. Oh my goodness. Victory are righteous. Yes. <laughs> are you victory kidding? Victory are righteous. righteous. Is your A, <laughs> is your choice for A, the word R, A-R-E, or the letter R? <laughs> A-R-E. Oh, victory. Victory are righteous. <laughs> Oh, I'm sick to death of everyone oh talking God, about victory. English degree, right. guys. That's dreadful. <laughs> well, why is it? In all <laughs> the media at the moment, all oh, anyone yeah, wants yeah. to talk about It's the victory. first word, victory. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> why would you it be? You literally had me going there. Controversial <laughs> controversies. Put Derv out of his misery, please. please. Video assistant referee. Oh, yeah. So, last season, Dev and listeners of this podcast will remember, in the Champions League, the, the highest form of European football, VAR, or VAR, uh, was used for the first time. And it contributed to some extraordinary scenes. Uh, what springs to mind is Tottenham Hotspur's second leg semi-final against Manchester City. Manchester City scored a goal in the 94th minute. The crowd went bananas. Ballistic. Everyone cheered. Really? The manager took off his gilet and threw it to the floor. He wasn't wearing a gilet, he was wearing a very nice coat. He doesn't wear gilets. But nevertheless, let's keep on with this imagery. Everyone was going absolutely They thought they'd won the tie. Mental. They were like, we're going to the Champions League final, everything's gone brilliant, and then no. Suddenly everything pauses. A sign goes up in the corners of the ground. VAR check. Oh no. No goal. Disallowed. So what happens, Dev, is that uh, somewhere in a little room away from the stadium, when there has been an obvious and clear error that could have led to a goal or a goal has happened and uh, the goal has been allowed by the on-pitch referee, but there's been uh, an infringement in the build-up, they are sitting there in their little bunker, these people. Technicians. Sure. They're trained of referees, football. actually. Oh, right. Technicians okay. of football. <laughs> That's what they are. The technicians of football. Uh, and they, they assess it. And ideally, quickly as you like, they say, no goal. Or that should have been a goal. Do you think what? it's good? good I think thing. it's good. We've discussed it before. Maybe not so much on the pod, actually. I think it's a great leveller. Historically, the teams that are winning a lot, your Manchester United, mm -hmm. your Manchester City, your Chelsea, they get their unfair share of decisions going their way because subconsciously people think they deserve to win. I'm just thinking it kind of takes um, the responsibility off the referee a little bit, doesn't it? Because then, because otherwise they don't have to make the call. I agree, and that, that, I think that's a good thing. There's a lot of pressure, as I said, the stakes are huge. Yeah. A lot of pressure on that man, slash woman, should be more women doing it, they will be in time. I think anything that takes the individual responsibility off them for mistakes is good. Why not give them a chance to have their mistakes rectified and then the game played out in the way that the, the incidents have dictated in a fair way? Well, 
Okay, I mean, I, I take both your points, but the reason it's uh, what we're going to talk about this week is that in the last week and in the last few weeks before that as well, decisions have been happening. And Dev, how long do you think, bear in mind that in a football match, right at the end, you have uh, extra time? Familiar yeah. with the concept? I am, I am. It's sort of a... I don't really know how they calculate that. So, yes, anyway. supposedly it's for substitutions, that's for not, that's, teams that's, time-wasting, uh... for injuries, for a stoppages, basically. Stoppage time is what they used to call it. So, so is there somebody with, like, a little... Supposedly, yeah. Just, the yeah. ref. The, the ref, but uh, oh, right. it, honestly, it's always a bit of a strange one. No one ever really fully understands how they arrive at the number. Have you heard of Fergie ref. time? No. What do you think that might mean? Um, is this something to do with Ferguson? Yes. The player? Manager. Manager. <laughs> oh, I was so close. Uh, I just for a second thought you were going to say the royalty. Uh, <laughs> Sarah Ferguson. I mean, what a time waster. <laughs> yeah. So it, uh, Alex Ferguson, as I said about his very famous, very successful Manchester United team, always seemed to have lots of injury time at the end of their games. And it was called Fergie time. He would be b- barracking the fourth official we want time for that, we want time for that, and he would, their games would always have lots of injury time, and they would always have more right. time to try and score a winner. So, having said that, about average for stoppages at the end of a game is, is, say, four minutes. Okay. Maybe at a push, five. It tends to be between three and five minutes, shall we say. Mm-hmm. How long do you think, on average, VAR is stopping games in the Premier League currently? Every time it stops. So the rest so of those four minutes. So no no, as in just... so what? So obviously the ref has to. So the game. So say some they score. Yeah. Then there's a VAR check, and they're seeing was somebody offside in the build-up? Was somebody fouled? How long do you think these checks are taking? I bet you they're really quick on these. How long? I say in total yeah, per three, game, yeah. three minutes. In total per game. I think that's a good shout. I'd say about that. The average check is currently lasting ninety seconds. Oh wow. Uh, the longest one was this weekend with Spurs and Everton in one game. It was stopped for three minutes and 35 seconds while they checked a potential handball. That Whoa. is just for one incident. And there were other incidents in the game that also required VAR. Is that because they're like, they're studying it so hard, they're like, they've got to make sure they get it right. Well, yes. it's a new technology. It's under, it's under siege because it's brand new. It's only been around for a year and a bit. So they're always trying to prove that it's the right thing to have. So they want to make sure they make them, they, if they're watching it, if they have the, the sort of ability now to have second sight to watch it, mm. they want to make sure that they make the right decision so that people will think bar is a good thing. And I personally do. But it's not working right. Because, right, so here's, here's, my, here's my tuppence, if you will. Please. Dev, football, I, I'm aware that you, uh, you find it not the most exciting thing in the world. Hey. Imagine... If every 10 minutes or so, there was a three minute stop whilst the players just stood around and the only thing you know as a fan in the ground is that there's a big sign up on the big screen saying VIR check in process. But you don't know what's being discussed, you don't know what the decision is, and you don't know why it's happening. I mean, it just stops the momentum of the game, doesn't it? Precisely. Do you watch any rugby? I have done. Now, rugby refs are mic'd up, so whenever there's a decision that's being disputed, because obviously there's a lot of rough and tumble with rugby, a lot of, like, f- uh, fouls, You're uh, telling me. <laughs> <laughs> Played much rugby, have you? <laughs> I am. I mean, as a witness, of course. <laughs> 
happy as a witness. <laughs> just as a witness. And you've seen the, the ref like getting involved and you can hear what he's saying. and that So therefore he's accountable, but you don't have that under the current structure. They also, are. in rugby, play uh, the scenes out on the big screen in the stadium and the referee is talking to the person who's the video assistant mm-hmm. and says, just roll that back a bit. No, play that again forwards. And he's watching it on the big screen or she's watching it on the big screen. Now, this is obviously going to lead us down to a little rabbit hole for this week's Worldie, but we don't need to go down it. The reasoning behind not showing it is because they think fans, football fans, are more likely to riot or be upset or fight or boo or storm the pitch if there's been an incident that they then, if they see the incident and they say that they think it's a penalty, but the referee, the video assistant referee says, no, it's not. I mean, I get that. You don't want to invite, you know, other voices into that decision making, do you? Yes, but at the same time, football fans are sitting there for three and a half minutes at a time, not knowing what's going to happen. If you're in a nice new stadium, go and get a coffee. <laughs> you can't encourage that. I, I honestly that don't is care. Man, that's no, madness. I don't care. Like, you I... can't encourage people to be like, right, so you've paid however much money. Football is incredibly expensive at the top division. It's only the top division that has VAR. You can't say to people, in this, what is meant to be 90 minutes of your afternoon, which may be the most important thing to you of the week if you're passionate about it, you wait for three and a half minutes and in that time, go get a coffee. Great, so I'll be in the stadium for longer. I'll have a, I'll be there for longer, so therefore I'm getting more bang for my buck, like per minute. I... I I, I think the opposite. I think as long as the right decisions are being reached, I'd rather be at a stadium for two hours and an hour and a half. And it'll get faster, won't it? That is true. That That is the mitigating circumstance. It's only just been brought in. Having said that, there has been debate about whether the right decisions are being reached. So about a week and a half ago, Liverpool scored a goal against Aston Villa. Uh, Roberto Firmino. You familiar with his work, Dev? What a guy. <laughs> I don't know who he is, no, but it's fine. I'm sure he's brilliant. He is great. He's got very white teeth. Very white teeth. Really? Very big white teeth. Uh, and lovely tattoos. Um, anyway, so he scored a goal uh, against Aston Villa. It was given on the pitch. Then the VAR checked it and disallowed it. And it turned out that his armpit was offside. His arm was offside. Now... I mean, it will with VAR though. It will it will get to that level of yes, detail. Yes, what's the point? Yeah, that's not. He's not offside. He's not gained a clear advantage by his armpit being offside. If it hit his arm, it would have been handball. So essentially, what we're saying is he is cheating by standing level with someone. But the the defender's arm had gone back a bit, was like in line with his body, and Roberto Firmino's arm was to the right of his body, so therefore no goal. That is ludicrous. Can we just start back a sec? So did the referee make a decision? The referee gave the goal, then the video assistant stopped it, uh, said we're checking it, they waited two and a half minutes, and then the video assistant said to the referee, no goal, he's offside. So the actual, the people, the video The video guys, people called it. They're the ones who can say we're going to stop and check. Yes. So actually they overrule the referee. The referee can ask for it, but they also overrule the referee on the pitch. They they, they now check every single incident. They're, they're, they're now reviewing the game constantly like robots in a room. Similarly. No, that's too much, guys. Well, similarly, on Sunday, uh, Everton versus Spurs at Everton's ground, Goodison Park. Corner comes in. Uh, Deli Alley, heard of him? Um, you don't have to. <laughs> DA. DA, as we call him. Da. District attorney. Da 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 da. That's the Delhi Ali chat. Love him. Love him. <laughs> just calls himself Delhi. Doesn't like his surname. Oh, really? Yeah. Bad relationship with his father. Really? That's a true fact. Oh. Uh, anyway, so he jumps up Shame. to head the ball and uh, the, uh, uh, the ball hits his hand. Right. They check it. This is the one that took three minutes and 25 seconds. They check it. It obviously hit his hand. Nobody fouled him. Nobody pushed him. No penalty given. Why? Nobody knows because it doesn't flash up on the screen any detail. They don't have to tell us afterwards 
All that they know is they checked it for three and a half minutes and for whatever reason, they didn't give a penalty, even though it hit his hand. In the Everton attacking box? No, in the Spurs defensive box. So it should have been a penalty to Everton. Ah. I just thought that the purpose of this kind of technology... Sorry, again, I'm just waiting no, into exactly, it. that's what we wanted but to do. I just thought, yes, if it's contentious, if, if anyone's like, no, that's wrong, I don't agree with the referee, let's go to VAR. Yeah. But what you're having now is every player will risk risk the fact that they might be wrong. So now everyone wants to go to VAR for everything because there's the off chance that your armpit is offside. There's the off chance that your shoulder is leaning offside. So they, so we, you, with the technology's happening five, ten times a, gig, a game. Sorry, one just or two. Makes three. it all just way too precise, doesn't it? Yes, and therefore takes some of the fun out of it. Some of the fun of going to a football match is the referee giving a decision against your team that makes no sense, and you call him an asshole, and you shout and you chant, I and think you give in is... to the latent horrible side of yourself that you bottle up for the rest of the week it takes up no I'm kidding I obviously don't think any of this but at the same <laughs> time people have that argument people do have you're that argument ru- you're killing football you're ruining football people want to have something to talk about for the week they want. They don't know it but really they want decisions to go against them so they can feel aggrieved it's but, nonsense but yes that is nonsense but having said all of that I do think and the reason I wanted to talk about it and I think we've discussed it quite interestingly I think we've given lots of different perspectives on this and our listeners will probably listener sorry will probably have their own <laughs> thoughts on it as well but I think how long it's taking not good enough and the fact that it's still making mistakes is ridiculous Dev your final thoughts you know I just think you know if you're in the pub after a game because that's what you do and it's fun <laughs> but like the whole you know I just thought that was all part of the tussle like what the referees decided and stuff and I just I don't know I think it's great technology okay so uh, here's here's the final question then uh, you both clearly want VAR to exist. Are there any other parts of our life that it would be great if people were filming us all the time so that there could be a correction? For example, uh, hmm, maybe you're walking on the street and in a very British way, you bump into someone and you both apologise. If there was VAR, you could find out whose fault it was. Would that be a good thing? Oh, I like that. Oh, I really like that because I apologise. We all apologise, don't we? All the time. everything. So if we were being filmed... <laughs> and then you walk away from something and you're like, hang on a minute. Oh yeah, I apologise. That wasn't me. I apologise if someone kicks me. Like on the tube, you know, you get... Yeah. So basically what, we, what with that, both of your logic therefore there is we should be being filmed all the time so we could have video assisted life. Val, we'd call her. <laughs> Victorious are liberating. This is the absolute worldy football bulletin. What you need to know this week to fill those football shaped holes in your repertoire. In the men's Premier League it's the same two horse race as last year between Liverpool and Man City although last weekend they both nearly lost but didn't winning late on. Watford meanwhile having started so brightly last year are terrible this season and are at the foot of the table. Easy come easy go. The Lionesses legend Tony Duggan is still going strong in the women's Champions League. She left Barcelona to play for Atletico Madrid and they just beat Manchester City to make the quarterfinals but she's not the only British contingent in the quarters with Arsenal and Glasgow City also through. Chelsea 4, Ajax 4, what a game, what a crazy nuts game. It's still only the group stage in the men's Champions League but it's already shaping up to be another drama fest. Chelsea were 4-1 down after 55 mins but then Ajax got two players sent off back to back. At 75 mins it was 4-4. Chelsea then scored to make it 5-4, but it was ruled out by VAR. Fans of the Blues won't be thanking Stockley Park for that. And finally, 
My mate Ian Wright might be entering the jungle for this year's I'm a Celebrity. My other mate Gary Lineker was ribbing him about not announcing it for the whole of that show I did an advert for, Match of the Day. Those guys! And that was the Absolute Worldy Football Bulletin. What you need to know this week to fill those football-shaped holes in your repertoire. <laughs> what am I even talking It's great. Kickball with foot, football, yeah. And thank you, Deb, for that this week's Absolute Worldy Football Bulletin. Now, just before we came back on air, you said, what did you say, podcasts? It's like, how fun are podcasts to They're do? just the funnest. If you could do one, Deb, what would it be about and who would be your co-host? You know what? I was literally talking to my housemates about this. You know, I just was going to, like, we were thinking about setting up a podcast. It was just the five of us around the kitchen table. And we just would, like, choose a random topic that day. Do it. I'd listen. Hell, do it. I mean, as, as fireworks start going off outside our studio. A sign. A sign, right? But also it's just that thing of, like, you know... People in their early 30s talk all the time. We do. Jostling with loads of things. Got nothing else to do. Can't, can't afford to go anywhere. You know. <laughs> London. What a great place. Yep. But like, you know. As Adam Buxton says, everybody in this modern life, you've got to get yourself a podcast. I'll do yours and you do mine. <laughs> there we go. We'll do yours. You've done ours. I would love for you guys to join the podcast. You could call it Devonth Heaven. Oh my god, Devon's heaven. Stop. Stop, you're too much. <laughs> Any others based on heaven? Um, <sighs> Ready, uh, steady, Devon? That doesn't work. What? <laughs> Devonly desserts. <laughs> Show me Devon. Show me Devon. Three steps to Devon. <laughs> Devon um, knows how to make it so creamy. Oh, you know, I used to get that at the school gates. <gasps> oh, um, mate. Oh, sorry, man. No, no, I mean, I... I really sort of lapped it up, actually. The cream. Anywho, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. It's been an... A- Honestly, I've not laughed this much probably since our last episode, so... No, me too. I've laughed a lot. I was at points holding my hands over my mouth to stop myself from laughing over you, so... So much fun. We have learned today about beach balls and VAR. Now, something to take away for VAR, you did mention it in the uh, bulletin without really knowing what you are saying. That's my fault. Um... Stockley Park is the place where these um, these people are watching the VAR remotely. It's a place called Stockley Park. So next time we're in the pub and everyone's watching a game and you can see it's gone to VAR, you can say, let's see what they make of this at Stockley Park. Have a practice. I'm going to take that away. Not going to practice? Sure. Practice it. Oh, um, oh yeah, let's see what they're going to make of that at Stockley Park. Perfect. Absolutely <laughs> perfect. Uh, are you up to anything that our listeners can uh, come see you in? Um, I'm taking a show around prisons, not at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're like a criminal. But um, <laughs> but it might be going on tour next year. It's called Echoes, and it's with a company called Crowded Room, and it's a verbatim piece about HIV. Oh, and when you say about going on tour, you don't mean tour of prisons? No, it's going to go into theatre venues. Oh, great. Well, we'll, we'll Dates keep us updated. Yeah, yeah we'll, come, we'll come see that. Or we'll get arrested this week and come see yeah, you Yeah, come to Thameside Prison. <laughs> See you there, guys. Okay, probably shouldn't tell people that, but we'll see you at (laughs) prison. (laughs) What a great thing. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. See you later, listeners. See you at Stockley Park. Love you a long time. Holla. That was the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast by Kyle Ross and Joel Samuels with theme music by Adam Janot Bazowski and Amar Chada Patel. Absolute Worldy is dedicated to the memory of Liam Seeger, who designed our beautiful logo. Please do remember to like, share, subscribe, give us a rating, and follow us at Worldy Podcast. Goodbye.
my other mate, Gary Lineker, was ribbing him about. <laughs> Why have you stopped? That was that, so good. Sorry, no, I think I said, I don't think I said ribbing. You did. Kickball with foot, football, yeah.